Well, hello and welcome to episode number 66 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On the podcast today, we're going to be talking about language problems in teleconferences, some of the things that get in the way and some solutions that may help you ease some of your pain going forwards. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the Ulfire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, uh, sign up for our regular newsletter, find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So teleconferences are pretty much the ubiquitous way these days for virtual teams uh, to keep in touch with one another. It's very, very common to walk into almost any meeting room and find some form of speakerphone on the desk, whether it's one of those triangular ones, whether it's a, a more conventional looking handset or whatever, but the the uh, the omnipresence of some form of teleconference technology is uh, is just everywhere you can do it of course from your mobile you can do it through skype you can do it through any forms of different uh, different packages but still you're left to only communicate by the spoken word and dependent on who you talk to you'll hear numbers between 10 and 20 percent of the message in any conversation is actually what's conveyed verbally some people might say a little bit more but whatever it's a very small portion of any conversation is purely verbal we're a very tactile species we like to see facial expressions we like to get tones of speech which yes you do get through a telephone line but often the quality of audio on those lines can mask a lot of that and also people don't always speak in their more natural form when they're on the telephone hand gestures general body language, just rolls of the eyes, whether people are paying attention, whether they're yawning, whether they're asleep, whether they're sitting doing a crossword. There are so many ways in which people both fail to communicate and also simply disconnect when they're placed in these teleconference situations. So it's it's very important then to make sure that when you do have your teleconferences that you make the most of them and you make them as efficient and as precise as you possibly can. So here we go with a very short podcast just to keep it in line with the uh, with the teleconferences because no one likes a teleconference any more than they like a long and rambling podcast of course. Suggestions how to improve your teleconference. Keep it focused. Keep the participants to the minimum that you need for the subject matter that you're going to talk about. And in some instances, this may mean that you have multiple shorter teleconferences, often back-to-back or close to back-to-back, where people rotate in and out of a room. 
So you'll have some people come in to talk about one issue, the next lot will come in to talk about the next issue and the next issue and so forth. Some will remain, some will be in and out of the room, some will be there all the way through, some will only come in once, but keep people in only while they're needed, that way they can be only there when they're engaged, and if they're engaged they'll participate. Second thing is to make sure that your audio equipment, your teleconference equipment is as uh, functional and as efficient and as effective as it can be to make sure that you've got sufficient microphones and that those microphones pick up all of the voices in the room um, and that you have enough speaker systems and so forth and that the sound is balanced in each room so that everybody can hear and everybody can be heard. I have to unfortunately participate around once a month in a, a teleconference which doesn't have many of these features. It's in a room I have no influence over and uh, for for a group that I'm associated with and unfortunately the, the equipment that they have only picks up within about a two metre radius of the microphone and that microphone is placed in the middle of a table which would be about 10 metres long so the people at the end just, they, they just fail to be able to participate so we typically find there that if you need to be part of that teleconference, you'll just move around in the room. A very, very ineffective way to, to run a teleconference, but that's just what we have to do for the technology. So find ways to make sure that those who need to be part of any conversation can readily join in. And when they don't need to be part anymore, they can, they can leave, they can move to another location, other people can move around and so forth to fit. Now the next thing that I would recommend, and I'm keeping sort of the best to last on this one, is to avoid um, things like nuances and idioms, complex language and so forth in your in your uh, teleconference. Be aware that often you'll have teleconferences with people who have your project language, and I'm assuming English simply because this is an English language podcast, but whatever your project language is, they will not all have that language as their first language. So you need to find a, a way where you can produce your spoken words in such a way that when people are listening, they can understand what you're being said. So you don't want to use things like the English double negative, for instance, where you would say you don't understand that, do you? No one really knows how to answer that question because if you say yes, then what does it mean? If you say no, what does it mean? Things like that you really need to avoid, regardless actually of whether you're speaking all native English speakers or whether you're speaking to a room uh, and a, a virtual space full of people who speak many, many different languages, their first language. Also avoid colloquialisms and avoid things that have uh, a very strong specific meaning for one group in the room but mean absolutely nothing for the rest because what you'll find there is that this will start to exclude some people from the conversation and when people start to feel excluded again they'll disconnect, they'll, they'll unplug themselves from the meeting, they may physically be there but mentally and emotionally they're off doing something else completely, they'll get their notebooks out, they'll start tinkering, they'll, they'll start checking whatever documentation they may have brought with them, they'll read the paper, they'll go back to the crossword, whatever it is that they do when they're when they're essentially wasting time in a meeting is what they'll go back to doing. So try and keep all of that complex language away from your meeting. Which brings me to the third key point on this, and that is to use, where you can, simple language. Now, I started my work in, in sort of what become now virtual teams back in the mid to late 80s. And uh, in those days, when you were working overseas, 
the, the best way to keep up to date with the news was through shortwave radio. And for that, we had Voice of America, we had the BBC World Service, we had the Voice of Australia and so forth. And one of the things that I always remember from that time was how simple the English was that was used in all of those broadcasts. It was only later that I realised that um, that these broadcasters, particularly Voice of America, had actually developed a special lexicon, a special um, vocabulary that they would use on the majority of their broadcasts. And this is uh, it's, it's referred to as special English. It's um, you, there's a few links on the website that will take you to various places where you can find out a bit more about this. It was developed in the late fifties. It's still in use even on the videos and so forth that they produce. And you can actually learn your English through this lexicon and through this vocabulary. The standard vocabulary that they use is is around 1,500 words. So it's a very, relatively very short vocabulary, but it keeps all of the news and all of the messages simple and concise and understandable. So it means that you're not having to constantly be learning new words that you're not familiar with. Yes, any industry, any business will have its own internal language and its own internal specific words that fit for that industry and those words will be relatively commonly used by everybody so people that are in the meetings will be familiar with those words they'll be familiar with that language and they'll be comfortable to to use them but once you start getting into some great expansive vocabulary it becomes problematic for people who simply don't have that depth of vocabulary in a language which is not their first language so try and stick to a small, simple, concise vocabulary in whatever language you're using. 1,500 words, 2,000 words, whatever number of standard words you use. Once you start practicing this, it, it actually becomes quite uh, quite straightforward for most people. Um, it's just a case then of just managing the language that you use in these meetings to make it more easy for people who are elsewhere to understand what's being said. So, quite a brief podcast today, probably about 10-12 minutes, something along those lines. Hopefully, there's been something in here that's been useful to you, and if it has, then please do check us out. We're at www.ulfire.com.au, and of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed while you're there. There is a podcast page on the website with links to all of the different um, normal feed services that you can use. Um, We also have a newsletter that comes out fortnightly, which has uh, links to various new articles, both articles that we produce and also articles from more broadly around the internet. Um, And I very much look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. Bye-bye.